Well, tonight on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we all know that white supremacy had a big problem with what happened in Montgomery, where brothers and sisters actually unified and defended themselves. They didn't ask for permission. They weren't talking about white Jesus or forgiveness or nothing like that. They saw their brother being attacked and they sprung directly into action, which has, it should be like that all the time. We should be our brothers and our sisters keeper. Well, you know, I mean, the white media tried to not talk about this at first, just try to kind of, eh, cause you know, they don't, they don't like to talk about the ills, but the deal is with media now is decentralized. And because it's decentralized, we don't need them to talk about anything. We talk about our own things. And this has went all over the world and people all over the world is enjoying what they're seeing and is even motivating them even throughout the diaspora to say, Hey, you know what? If one of them tried with us over here too, shoot, man, we're going to, we're going to pick up our chairs and do what we got to do in the spirit of self-defense. So Yahoo had posted this particular article. You can see on the screen here. Now when you see them having that kind of headline, that's not to just talk about what we're talking about, because you know, I told you before, they stay ear hustling the black people. They stay in our conversations. They watch everything that we do and produce. Matter of fact, they're watching the podcast right now. Hello folks. Who those of you that don't support what I do, which you want to monitor everything I'm doing, right? Hello. Hope, hope you're having a good day. Um, enjoy your mayonnaise. So when you see that they're letting the rest of the folks know, Hey, wait a minute. I'm letting you know, if you have not been paying attention this is a potential issue and problem because we saw what they did in the 1960s when they got fed up with us. They brought America literally to his knees. That's why they had to, to cave on a civil rights bill. Lyndon Johnson was a white supremacist. He used the N word all the time, but he signed the civil rights bill. Why? Because when black people got in the street and started putting foot to butt, he had no choice but to sign that because he had to get black people out the streets. The Voting Rights Act, he had to get them out the streets. Because they say, look, we got to give them something to believe in in the system so they can stop getting. So understand, prior to that, they didn't have no Civil Rights Act, they had no Voting Rights Act. So black folks didn't have nothing to believe in here. Black folks are getting uh, uh, ostracized, black people losing their life constantly. And the most dangerous thing that anybody want to see, especially the folks is black folks feeling like, Hey, I'm gonna die anyway. So what more are you going to do to me? I might well just fight to the end. I mean, I'm dying. I'm not trying to do anything. You're still doing things to me. I don't get no justice for no matter what I do. I try to be docile. I try to shuck and jive. I, whatever I try, it doesn't work. So I might as well just, Hey, you, you gonna, you gonna do something to me. So I might as well just fight back. Right. And that's what black folks are at. Now, when they put in the civil rights act, when they put in the voting rights act, you go into the 1970s, black folks are having all this access with after integration and all of that. Right. Then you notice black folks kind of calm down. You understand? But at the same time, white supremacy was plotting the whole time because they took major ills in the sixties. So now you fast forward to today and you had a lot of things happen to make these folks feel like they're bold. You know, when black folks didn't respond the right way to Trayvon Martin, and that's on us as a community. We didn't respond the right way to Trayvon Martin. 
That's what actually kicked off after Trayvon Martin. If you can go back to history after the Trayvon Martin case and black folks did not respond right. And that verdict was Zimmerman that opened up the door for these folks to get bold. It also made the race soldiers start attacking more. Everything started happening to us a lot more after Zimmerman. But then fast forward, you get to Ferguson where black folks say, Oh hell no. What happened in Ferguson? Then you get to Baltimore and as many uprisings that happened in between then all the way up to the last one we say would be George Floyd. But the folks are still just kind of bold because they, they would do things to us and we would just be, you know, people within the community and also some of our distant cousins that's immigrating here, they just stand by and watch what they do and don't do anything. So they got bold, right? So because they, they feel like they're so bold today, you try to put hands. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. On us, we had to kind of remind them that, wait a minute, you, this, you kind of forgot who we are. You really forgot. And this is why you're seeing more and more videos of brothers and sisters is, 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 is handling that because they just kind of forgot who we are. See, you have to understand something. Anytime that they attack us, you have to understand that our approach is going to be different because we have not had any kind of, uh, peace agreement. We haven't had things made right, like reparations, right? In the form of cash payments. We had a land stolen. We had so many different things th that has been done to us. That 500 year old beef has not been solved. So a black person, because of that ancestral rage, we're going to fight a little bit harder and a little bit longer because they're not only fighting for themselves, but they're fighting for their ancestors. See, it would be better for white supremacy to go ahead on and pay reparations and try to solve the 500 year beef. But I know the white supremacists, they are arrogant. They have made a deal with the devil and they feel that they can do whatever they, they want to black people forever. But the tide is turning even throughout the world where black folks are saying, okay, you know, enough is enough of this. We, we got to get the white supremacists off our backs once and for all, even globally, even shout out to them brothers and sisters out there on the continent who's fighting uh, right now to get the white supremacists off their backs. So you look at this, this article, as we said earlier, it's just a warning to the rest of the folks. Now they said here is bystanders train their smartphone cameras on the riverfront dock while several white supremacists had pummeled. It's a, a black riverboat core captain and say they couldn't have known the footage would elicit a national conversation about racial Solidarity. Now, when you mean racial solidarity, it's not racial solidarity. It is solidarity with black people. You understand? This is not a solidarity for everybody because you know, they, they love to play that word inclusion. Oh, and we need all need to be included, included, included. No, I don't believe really right now we need to be practicing inclusion. We need to be practicing exclusion. 
We need to be exclusive with our own community. We need to work on ourselves. We need to fix ourselves. We need to heal ourselves. We need to work on our mental health. We need to join together and work together. But the one thing white supremacy has always done is try to keep us separate on many fronts. It could be class. You know, that's one way they try to do it, AKA like the boule, you know, class divide within our own community. Uh, they tried to divide us on male and female, young and old, you know, anything that's in Willie Lynch, this is what they, they that is the telltale uh, uh, operation of white supremacy. Some people say, oh, that stuff is fake. Yeah, the white supremacists would say that's fake. But it's amazing how accurate the Willie Lynch letter is to how white supremacy run. Now, they say, yeah, the week after the multiple videos show the now infamous uh, uprising, because there was an uprising against white supremacy uh, attacking a black person. And the valiant defense of the outnumbered co-captain was sh shared widely on social media. So it's clear the event truly tapped into the psyche of black America and created a broader cultural moment. Now, Andrea Boyles, a sociology professor at Tulane University, said a long history of anti-black racism and attacks and saying current events like magnified the attacks impact and response. Basically, a lot of black people are tired because we have seen this, this uprising in white supremacy against us. They, they, they trying to, uh, whitewash history, literally, uh, especially in Florida. Um, they constantly attacking us, won't leave us alone. Um, you look at, uh, what the Democrat party is doing. Uh, they practicing their anti-black racism. You know, we talk about protection for black America and what they do, they will get protection to Asians. We talk about reparations and they give all the money to Ukraine. So they practice an anti-black racism too. So don't just put it on those people at, the, at that dock over there acting a fool. It's the whole system is anti-black racist. Now they said, continuing say, and they quote, especially at a time like now we see increase, it's say an anti-black racism through legislation. Otherwise, say whether we're thinking about history, the banning of black history and curriculum, it's in all sorts across the state of Florida and elsewhere. It says, so this is why it was on the forefront of people's minds and folks are very much tuned in, black people in particular. Now, I say many see the August 5th ordeal on the riverfront dock in Montgomery, Alabama's capital city, steeped in civil rights history. It say as a long-awaited answer to countless calls for help that went unanswered for past black victims, it say of violence and mob attacks. By this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. By the white supremacist. They say, and they quote, they say, we witnessed a white mob doing this to him, said a Michelle Browder, an artist and social justice entrepreneur in Montgomery. They're describing the attack by white supremacist boulders and say on the black riverboat cap and say, I call it a mob. Say, because that's what it was. It was a mob mentality. You say it then became a moment because you saw black people coming together. Now, remember J Edgar Hoover said the greatest threat to America is black unity. Why is that a threat to white supremacy? Black unity. Well, we, we unified. We can't be oppressed at that point. We can't. If we unified, they can't take our money like, like they do. If we unified, they can't deceive us. They can't ostracize us. They can't do a thing to us if we're unified. Listen, they're not threatened by 
Asian unity, East Indian unity, Arab unity. They're not threatened by that. Not at all. They're not threatened by Native American unity because none of those other groups have went toe to toe with white supremacy. All of them have bowed down. They're not threatened by Hispanic unity because none of those groups have, have a history of taking it to the white supremacists. They just want to work and have the American dream and assimilate into America. That's what those groups want to do. This is why they flood the zone with those particular groups because they know they're not trying to do anything and they're going to take any abuse that white supremacy give them. Right now say after being inundated, say with images and say in stories, they say of lethal violence of, against black people, including motorists and traffic stops, church parishioners and grocery store shoppers said a video from Montgomery struck a chord because it didn't end in the worst outcomes for black Americans. Now I say a quote to say for Montgomery to have this moment and say, we needed to see a win and say, we needed to see our community coming together and we need to see justice. That's what Browder said. And I said videos of the brawl showed the participants largely divided along racial lines. It says several uh, white supremacists punched and say or shoved the black riverboat captain after he took a separate vessel to shore to try to move their pontoon boat. It say the white supremacist boaters that say private vessel was docked in a spot designated for the city owned Harriet two riverboat. It said on which more than 200 passengers were waiting to disembark. Let's say the videos then show mostly black Americans, it said rushing to the coke cabin's defense, including the black teenage riverboat crew member who swam to the dock. It said the videos also showed the ensuing uh, brawl. It said that included a black man. It said the rest of Reggie Ray um, defending the community and everything while he is using the chair to enact justice that the Montgomery Police Department did not enact because that crew has been criminals. That crew had outstanding warrants. When they stole the riverboats golf cart that happened last year, the police said not to put charges on them when actual riverboat captain said his supervisor said to put charges on them. And the police was their defense attorney saying not to put charges on them. That's, that's very interesting. Now say as of Friday, Alabama police has charged as a four of the white supremacists with misdemeanor assault. They say the, a uh, brother who was enacting justice with the chair, Reggie Ray. Of course, he had turned himself in with charges of disorderly conduct, which he has bonded out of jail. Uh, he actually has Lee Merritt right now as his representative. Now, I say Major Saba Coleman of the Montgomery Police Department said on Tuesday that hate crime charges were ruled out after the department consulted with the local FBI. I say, well, several observers noted the presence of a hate motivation or lack thereof on a part of the pontoon boat party was not why the event resonated so strongly. Say all these individuals, they said having cameras and smartphones had democratized media and information because in the past it was very narrow scope on what news was being reported and from what perspectives. They were said by NAACP president and CEO Derek Johnson. He said the technology Johnson added opened up an opportunity for America as a whole to understand the impact of racism, the impact of violence and the opportunity to create a narrative that's more consistent with keeping black Americans and other communities safe. Now, of course, you know me, I don't focus on what other communities do because other communities don't have our problems. They don't at all. But what he said about the decentralization of the media 
and we have a more opportunity to report the stories that is consistent and for our community, right? This is why the, the previous podcast, I told you, this is why we're dedicated to reporting for our community because in the past, everything had to go through the lens through the white supremacists. And if you got a good person who's, who's actually a good white person to report some, some injustice, great, but we don't have to depend on that good white person no more, right? We could depend on ourselves to report on what's important for us as a community. And it's a beautiful time we live in. And also the whole world gets to see what we're reporting and it gets out in real time. It's beautiful. It is like y'all living in such a beautiful time. Our ancestors that dealt with the civil rights movement, that wouldn't last as long if they'd had what we got today. Because one thing America do not want, they do not want these images and this narrative out there about America. Of course, everybody know America has a label of being a racist, being racist period. It don't matter what a uh, uh, raccoon Tim Scott says. It don't matter that video and the several videos that prove that America is a racist country because it's racist because it's being ran and managed by racist period. And when now you, when people hear racist, they thinking, Oh, a Klansman or a neo-Nazi. No, 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 no. If you're maintaining racism, white supremacy, and you maintain, that's the status quo in America, white supremacy. You are a freaking racist. Even if you're black, if you're black and maintain the status quo that keep black people less than that keep black people oppressed and you keep the folks above black people that they, they never earn that position. You are just as white supremacist as the real white supremacist. Because I always told y'all a white, being a white supremacist has nothing to do with color, nothing. And that's what some of y'all had a hard time with, but now y'all starting to get that is that you can be a black person and be a, a hardcore white supremacist. If you maintaining the status quo, if you cool with laws that undermine black people, you are just as white supremacist as they are. And matter of fact, that's the new strategy of white supremacy. Use people who are non-white to enact and keep white supremacy going. Like the Vimic Ramaswamis. He's not white. He is an East Indian. And yet he is running around here talking like a white supremacist. So in my mindset, if you talk like a white supremacist and you're talking about getting rid of Juneteenth, like Juneteenth hurts East Indians for some reason, right? Only people that want to get rid of Juneteenth is white supremacists. And if you speak like them, you act like them, you are one. So you better understand that. It don't matter where you come from. If you are promoting white supremacy, if you're cool with it, then that makes you a white supremacist, period. Now I say many observers say on social media were quick to point out the significance of the city. They say in location where the brawl took place is that Montgomery was the first capital of the Confederacy and a riverfront is an area where enslaved people were once unloaded to be sold at auction. You know, we covered all that in our podcast, two podcasts to go. They say the area is a few blocks from the spot where Rosa Parks was arrested for disobeying bus segregation laws. Much of the riverfront brawl reaction is emblematic, say, of the history of Montgomery, uh, said a Timothy Wellback, the director of the Center of Anti-Racism at Temple University in Philadelphia. 
He said that this is the home of the bus boycott. This is the home of intense racialized segregation and various forms of resistance today. He says that even if there wasn't an expense mention of race, that many people saw a white man assaulting a black man as a proxy for some of the racist behavior that they've seen before brought about a sense of solidarity and unified fate. It say in this particular moment, now say there's the lingering trauma of seeing past black victims of violence and mob attacks suffer without help or intervention. Say here was a rare event in which bystanders not only chronicled the moment, but were able to intervene and help someone they saw being victimized. Well, this is not really a rare moment because you look at our history in America, we have fought back many, many times. It's not like, Oh, just one time. And we should celebrate that. Matter of fact, even though this was a, you know, a, a moment of unity, I say we shouldn't be just celebrating this one moment, but we have to keep the unification going and unification shouldn't just be in a moment of when the white supremacist attacks, but unification should be, Hey, we need to unify. We see what they do in education. Let's unify and create schools for our children. Let's unify and create businesses in our community. We can do for self so we can hire our people in the community and don't have to worry about working for the folks, right? That's another form of unity that we got to have. I mean, it's so many different things of unification that we need, you know, let's uh, unify and, and learn to be smarter with our money. Let's unify and learn about health and what we can do better to improve our health. Because one way the white supremacist is killing us daily is through the food they are giving us because the food is horrible and it's like wicked what they do to the food. Of course they're doing it to everybody. It's not just us, but we talking about our community. We know that eating their food, the way they prepare it is destroying us. They put so much salt in that food. We know that's taking us out of here with all this heart disease, high blood pressure, all this excessive sugar. We, we, we know that it's causing all this diabetes. We know certain zip codes that give some of the worst food. That, I mean, we are attacked on so many different fronts. Then you go to, to a hospital, you're attacked in those fronts. So, so we need unification, not outside of just, to, just defending ourselves, but we need unification of our healthcare workers in the community to try to come together and say, hey, can we open up more uh, 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 hospitals, urgent care centers in our community? So when we need something. Can we open up places like women's hospitals for, for the, the sisters where they can go and have children and don't have to worry about a doctor severing the head of their child and trying to wrap the trial up. Like, so the child won't know. Yeah. You heard about that story that just came out just now. See, this is the things that we need to unify and create too, because we can't just say, and I'm gonna say this. Okay. Yeah. It's unified when, when the white supremacists attack us physically and not deal with all the attacks that we're dealing with daily that the white supremacists are doing against us. And we say they're racist, but yet we go to them for, the, for, for our food. We go to them for hospital. We go for them for everything. Well, then if we know this, you, you said you send your precious children to school with them. Then wonder why they discriminated against. Wonder why your child come back with a complex about their color or their hair. I wonder whether they little hellions that they taught at home. The N word, why they saying the N word to your child at school, you know, all these things, but yet you, you that's unified and do it all for real. That's unifying by land. There's so much uninhabited land, even in the United States that we can buy and start putting up single family homes. Like we need to unify and do a whole lot of things. So let that moment grow out to more unification in our community and unification isn't hard. You know how unification starts? It starts with you in your local community, you and your family. Hey, you got some family members that you can unify with. Now, all family you can't deal with. I get it. 
but they are family that you get along with. Hey, unify with them. Then when you unify with your family, you can build something with your personal family, right? There are people in the community that think just like you, you can unify with them. It's just branches off. Like unification is not hard. Finding like-minded people is not hard. Once you find like-minded people, you stick with those people. You build with those people. That's how you do it. Listen, now I've said it before. We, we can't unify with everybody. We can't because they don't have the right mindset to. Now they reform themselves and they want to get on the mind of unification and not on a, on a mind of destruction. Then Hey, let's go ahead on and have them, have them here. But we need to unify with each other outside of just be ready to go to war when it's physical. Because one thing the folks is doing, the folks don't like this national and international embarrassment. So they're plotting. So those of you in Alabama, you know, I always say stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Because you know how they, they get down. They try to ambush you. Because they, they know good and well they try to do that mess in front of black people. They already know what's going to happen, right? So they're going to try to catch you by yourself or attack a woman, attack a child. You know, they're cowards because they feel beating up a woman or harming a woman or harming a child. That's a win for them. I know because they're cowards. They're, they're straight cowards. Yeah, they are. So let, let me know what y'all think about, you know, this, this warning they're sending. Cause there's a warning they're sending to their people. Like, hey, wait a minute. These black folks trying to get on code. Y'all need to be careful with that. Hey, y'all need to go to work and try to promote white Jesus to them. Tell them to forgive say Jesus wouldn't like that and all that do everything you can to get them to calm down because we, we have seen this before and black people say enough is enough. They just, they, the best thing they can do, like I say, just leave us alone. Just, if you just leave us alone, live your life. We live our life and it's all good because most black people aren't trying to mess with you like that. They ain't trying to mess with none of y'all like that. I know my people. They just want to live their life, but y'all, the white supremacists, y'all started. And then you get mad when we finish it. 